Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast. Join host Liz Myers and her guests as they explore resiliency through the lens of personal stories. Tune in weekly for inspiration and doable life hacks to overcome adversity and thrive in life. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Elizabeth or Resilient Life Hacks Ministries. Welcome back to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Myers, and I'm here today with Maxwell Ivy, who has a very interesting and exciting story to share with us. He is also known as the blind blogger, and he has a background in carnival experience with his family, and he is an author and a speaker, a coach, podcaster, all kinds of things, and he is here to encourage us today to ask us, what's your excuse? Thank you so much for being here on the show with us today. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. And I especially appreciate you uh, working my tagline into the intro because (laughs) the more people that say it and say it in conjunction with my name, the more likely I am to get hired or get paid. Well, I love it. It's a great, here's what I'm doing with my life. You know, what's your excuse? I think that's great motivation. That's great encouragement for people to get out there and do what it is they're doing and not let what they may perceive as a limitation hold them back. Exactly. we all have those things where we're like, oh, I can't do this because I'm not that or I'm not good enough or whatever. And, you know, I just love how you're just out there saying, ah, forget all that. Just do it. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for for those of y'all out there who don't know this, you know, you're probably not going to tell them, but you're doing your podcast in the middle of a move where you went halfway across the country. So <laughs> a whole different kind of place. And while you're still unpacking your stuff, you're recording episodes. So to me, you're a perfect example of the what's your excuse mindset. And I just wanted to get that out there because like I said, I know you wouldn't say it. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That's nice of you. Yeah, I actually scheduled a bunch of interviews before we moved. I tried to give myself a buffer of, okay, it'll take me about this long to get moved in. And then I started this week and I'm kind of like, whoa, I wish I'd given myself an extra week or two. <laughs> but I'm like, I'll at least just try to get the background behind me somewhat neat and we'll go from there because I, I haven't set up my, my office space yet, so. But it's all yeah. good, you yeah. know. I've, As a blind person, I wouldn't have known that your office space isn't set up yet. Yeah. So see, so I, so, that's, so I mean, that's the for a podcaster, that's the equivalent of a woman going out without makeup. I mean, <laughs> it's a yeah. big deal, y'all. Yeah. For yeah. those of you who don't podcast or who aspire but haven't started your show yet, trust me, it is a big deal recording without a, without fixing up your office space. Mm-hmm. So yeah. congratulations. So back to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a family of carnival owners. I also grew up knowing eventually I would lose some, if not all, of my vision to retinitis pigmentosa. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to uh, graduate high school and college through effort and a lot of help from teachers and family. I also became one of the few legally blind Eagle Scouts in America. Awesome. Congratulations. Uh, yes, thank you. I worked with my family in the carnival business for about 15 years before my dad's death. And after he passed away, I could see that we weren't going to be able to keep the show going. So I said, Max, you better find something else to do. So I started helping other carnival owners sell their surplus rides online. And this was in 2007, before WordPress, before Wi-Fi, before Facebook. And I even had to learn how to hand code HTML to get my first website on the internet. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, big deal. Okay, there that's too. that's what's your excuse right there. <laughs> Everything's like plug and play today, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I give thanks for WordPress every morning. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I mean, WordPress is in my prayers, y'all, because yeah. I hand coded for seven years. I wrote oh, over wow. two. I wrote over two million lines of code, and 
trust me, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy's worst enemy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is, it's a, it's a nightmare. And, you know, it's one of those things, one character can cause your entire website not to run if it's one mm -hmm. character on your homepage. So, and I've, yeah. I've been there at three o'clock in the morning trying to go letter by letter and listening to it in my head going, come on, where are you? Um, so, but that's another thing. Yeah. But I had to learn how to code. I had to learn how to talk, how to get people to list their equipment on my website. Um, you know, setting fees and, and uh, writing copy and pretty much doing all of it. Uh, learning Facebook and social media as they came along. Uh, building an email list and, you know, just recording videos. It just seems like every so often there's something new, blogging, podcasting, podcast interviews. And no, I don't do it all at the same time. I didn't start all of it at the same time. I've started different things over the years and they've combined to where I'm at now. And very soon I'm going to be, have to be hiring some people to do some of the stuff that I do uh, so that I can do even more stuff that I love doing. But it's, um, as a result of all this stuff, people started saying, you know, Max, you're very inspiring. Uh, we would love it if you started sharing more of what it's like to be a blind entrepreneur. And at first I fought them. I said, no, I'm just a guy who shows up every day and works his butt off to build a business, support his family. And they said, Max, the thing is you show up when you have a perfect excuse not to. So mm. we want to hear more. And that led yeah. to the blindblogger.net because people were calling me the blind blogger for a couple of years. I finally started blogging and podcasting and i've written four books uh, traveled the country solo i've sang in public um and yeah I eventually i started my own podcast the what's your excuse show i've managed to do a lot of this with the help from friends family strangers that i met on the internet because i do three things i've decided over the years to find solutions instead of making excuses mm -hmm. i have found the freedom to ask for help and accept help when offered and I've become determined to find the positive in every aspect of my life. And those three things are very hard at first. They take effort. They take practice. They take repetition. And sometimes they take taking time away from everything else you do to sit and think and remember. Those are great. I want to go back a little bit. It seems like you got handed a big dose of adversity right from the get-go. A lot of people don't have to deal with such a big thing at so young of an age. What was that like as a child, knowing that you would eventually lose your sight? Well, I think it was harder for a lot of other people. I had several things in my favor. One, I grew up in a family of people who did stuff that didn't uh, suffer people feeling sorry for themselves mm -hmm. and always believed the, the best thing, to, the best thing for depression is work. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we're going to let you do stuff. And they put me in the cotton candy stand, boxing the popcorn, putting the butter on the popcorn, putting the syrup on the snow can. I was working on the Midway at four and a half years old. Oh, so wow. scrubbing canvases, carrying trash. I was big for my age and I was a carny yeah. kid. I also went to a great school. Um, I'm honest enough to admit that in this country, what, you, what help you get as far as a person with a disability, whether that's a visible one like mine, or an invisible one like ADHD, um, autism, et cetera. It all comes down to the wealth of the school district you live in. And I was mm -hmm. blessed to live in a great district. Even though my family was not rich, a lot of the people that lived near me were. So mm -hmm. I had great teachers, the special ed people didn't just want to kill time and graduate me. They wanted me to learn how to learn. Mm -hmm. a, a great assistant principal, a great principal. So a lot of people there. And then 
from 80 to 84, I was part of a scout troop for visually impaired boys, which was great. Every few months we'd go out in the, out in the woods and camp and have fires and do all the stuff other boys did. Over the years, either by direct teaching or just by, you know, paying attention to what everybody else around me was doing, I learned that really I should just focus on things that I could do and live with whatever vision I had at the moment. And I actually think my vision loss, the way I lost it, is part of why I'm so successful now. And this is why. When you have RP, retinitis pigmentosa, it's a gradual degenerative disease. So in the course of, say, four or five years, I went from being able to read a regular print book in a dark room, because I wasn't supposed to be awake reading, to having to read with bright lights, to having to have larger type books, using magnifiers, eventually using a closed circuit television to blow up the, the print, mm. and then finally having to switch to Braille and, and audio for my sources of information. That was before the internet, mm -hmm. when you could have a screen reader and go online and get all your stuff. But you know, I had to adapt to my vision as it changed. And that, I think, taught me a lot about flexibility, adaptability, acceptance, and really just finding peace with what things are like now and not worrying about, well, things were great two years ago or things could be horrible next year. And so besides adaptability, I think it really taught me to be mindful, to, to be more in the moment than in the past or the future. And as a friend of mine once said, Max, you know, you've learned a lot of lessons for your, from your blindness, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be willing to pay that price to learn those lessons myself. Wow. That's powerful. I, I, I like how, how you said that you talked about what some people would label as a, a disability or a tragedy. And you're like, this was an opportunity to learn this adaptability gradually. And we can see now how that's impacting your life and how you're using that skill and coaching others on it. That's really neat. Yeah, it is. I've been able to influence people by my example, by my mm -hmm. uh, blog posts and podcasts, and then also directly personal conversations and coaching, where a lot of people's problems is letting go of the past, accepting things they can do nothing about and focusing on things they can control a little bit. Uh, a lot of people are focused on themselves to the point that they can't hear the voices of good friends telling them, hey, this isn't great for you, or hey, there's a lot more inside you than you're seeing, and I would love to help you bring it out. Um, mm -hmm. One of the people I always like to mention is, is a woman named Adrienne Smith, who at one time was considered the blog commenting rock star, and she taught me a lot about uh, online and building relationships and relationship marketing, and really about, you know, if you just sincerely try to help people and connect with them, that's how you build a community where you can support each other and you can have a sustainable business. And she taught me so much. And uh, I like to refer to her as my blogging mama because I made so much progress in the first year that I knew her that I'm like, man, if I hadn't met that woman and listened to her, because I argued with her for two years before I started the blind blogger. <laughs> she, finally, she finally wore me down and convinced me. Yeah. And it really just comes down to the fact that you have an excuse and don't use it. That's why we, you need to do mm. more. And it's funny. I, when I started the Midway Marketplace, I was like, man, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. This is such a big deal for me. I don't know if I'll ever be any good at this. And now here I am, you know, 13 years later, six years after starting the blindblogger.net, 
And it's like, man, if I had known when I was 20, what I was capable of, who knows where I'd be right now, mm. you know, yeah. but you have to learn those lessons in their own time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had to learn a lot of hard lessons when the loss of the vision, the failure of the family business, some, a couple of incredible, incredibly bad business deals where I didn't get paid for my work, lots of things along the way. And we talked about my third thing, which is finding the positive. And like I say, it takes practice. I, I tell people to start off by making a list of things that were good yesterday or that have been good so far this morning. And I mean, people, experiences, events, uh, petting your dog, looking at a gray sky and trying to see some sunshine in it. And I like to use this expression when it comes to the positive and trying to find it, that finding the positive in your life is just like finding anything else that's lost. It's just like finding your TV remote. You know, it's there somewhere and you keep looking until you find mm -hmm. it. And I if you can't find it, yeah. And if you can't find it on your own, you call the family in to help you up. <laughs> and yeah, then that's, usually, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then usually what happens is you've got a living room that looks like a tornado went through it, but you've got your remote and you've got your cold drink and you're watching your favorite show on TV. Right. Yeah. I always tell yeah. my kids when they've lost something, I'm like, it's not going to come find you. You have to go find it. If it's not yeah. where you thought it was, then you need to look in other places. Yeah. And when you've looked in all the places that make sense, you need to look somewhere that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Find yeah. Which is, so. you know, which, you know, I appreciate you saying, you know, that's exactly what uh, Conan Doyle wrote from Sherlock Holmes, you know, Sherlock Holmes mm -hmm. is credited with the quote of after you've eliminated all the impossible or uh, improbable, whatever remains must be the truth. Hmm. So when you get up in the morning, say to yourself, you know, something good is going to happen today. For example, I know it's not a good thing to check my email when I a little a little bit after I get up in the morning. But when I open that inbox, I'm thinking, there's going to be at least one email in here somewhere from a good friend, an opportunity, uh, or maybe even some spam that's interesting. You know, it just, <laughs> the, hey, and the difference between spam and an opportunity is your attitude when you open your inbox. So mm. that's a good one to remember. Yeah. I need to trademark that. Yeah, you do. And I, I like what you said a while back. You, you're saying so many good things. It's hard for me to keep up with I'm all of them. Sorry. But I'm no, sorry. no, 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 it's okay. You said you have an excuse, but you don't use it. That just really struck me because we all have an excuse of some sort, but that doesn't mean we have to use it. That doesn't mean we have to claim it. We can just say, forget that excuse and press on. I really like that little nugget of encouragement and truth that you dropped in there. And, and we kind of kept going, but I'm like, oh, wait, I got to remember <laughs> that one. That's good. Uh, that's one of the that's one of those times where it would help if I could see your facial expressions, you know, then I would have known, hey, she, Max, yeah. she wants you to slow down. Yeah, no, um, no, no, that's good. But, no, but, but you're right. It, it's a decision. And over the years, I have decided not to let the, the vision loss keep me from going where I want to go. And sometimes that has meant finding unique solutions. And quite often it's meant finding solutions that maybe didn't make me look so good. I will do whatever I have to do that isn't illegal to get to my next goal. And mm -hmm. if it makes me look bad, if it embarrasses me, you know, if I have to look silly, if I have to beg, if I have to, you know, if I have to tell mm -hmm. somebody a story, which is what my dad used to do a lot. He was a great storyteller. Mm -hmm. If whatever I have to do, I'm going to get there. And this is another thing I like to share with people. Life ain't the Olympics. 
they're not going to give you style points. So stop <laughs> trying to win them. True. You know, That's just, true. you know, if it, if it's distasteful, if it's dirty, if it's greasy, if, you know, if it's just something you don't want to do right this minute, but you know, in your heart, it will get you closer to your goal. Those are the things I do. Mm -hmm. I can identify with so much of what you're saying. Cause you know, I felt like, man, I, I have some things to share. You know, I want to write a book. I have no clue how to write a book. <laughs> you know, I just figured it out. And, you know, then I started a blog, you know, if you're an author, you need a blog. So I did that. Yep. And then I was trying to get more speaking opportunities like you and I were talking about earlier. And so I started trying to get on people's podcasts and then I'm like, Hey, I could do podcasting. I have no idea how. So I just, <laughs> I just jump in. <laughs> so, you know, oh, we, we could be related because yeah. You know, that's pretty much how I do it. Somebody will say, hey, Max, have you ever tried to do this? Or Max, you have a website. Now you have to have a blog. Or yeah. Max, you're a great podcast guest. When are you going to start your own podcast? So yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of my uh, experience or adventure, let's call it, has been other people's suggestions. It's been opportunities that shown up that maybe I wasn't exactly looking for. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was something I'm like, this could be fun. Um Right now, I like to joke with people that I have a list of things I won't do. These are things that are on my ain't no way I'm going to do them list, which is, <laughs> which is skydiving, bungee jumping, swimming with sharks, um, uh, mountain climbing, uh, whitewater rafting above a one or a two, maybe with an experienced guide. Um, you know, I'm not going to go skeet shooting or hunting. Uh, I will go fishing, but those are just yeah. some of the things I ain't never going to do. Well, that's uh, funny because no I've what. done some of those and some of those I want to do. So I, a couple of years ago, I went skydiving. I've always wanted to do that. Uh, it was so much fun. Well, my brother is planning to go skydiving on his birthday next year because he wants to do it before he turns 50. And so he has challenged me to do it. And I've told him, uh-uh. And I said, <laughs> I said, look, man, the, the smallest I've ever been in my life was 262 pounds and that was three years ago but yeah. you have to get down to 250 to jump so i've told him i don't see how that's possible he's like i'm gonna do it i'm like uh <laughs> so i i may you know for my brother i may do it but don't let's let's yeah. not make that a social media thing just yet okay, okay? We, we, no promises no promises. no promise no but i mean but if we're going to do it, I told him if we're going to do it, we have to promote the heck out of this and get a GoFundMe page or a Patreon mm -hmm. page or something. We got to get paid. When I went skydiving, we were in the jump plane going up and I asked the guy who was with me, I said, has anybody ever, you know, balked on you? Like they get ready to go and they're like, change their mind. Never mind. You know, let's go land. He said, not very many people, but sometimes it gets close to the door and they kind of have hesitations. He's like, we'll just circle the plane around, you know, and we talk a little bit. He's like, then people still won't if they don't listen to his reason of you know this is safe your life depends on me and and i'm tied to you so therefore i'm not going to do anything dumb you know <laughs> gives them all this logic he's like if that doesn't work then i just tell him you know we can go land the plane but i'm not going to give you a refund and he said they okay. always jump <laughs> <laughs> they always jump when they're not going to yeah. get a refund so i think we just need to live life like we're not getting a refund we just need to jump. i like that i like that yeah <laughs> And you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of tight with money, so I think that would definitely work on me if uh, if I had already put if they could get me to the point where I've already put up my money, then yeah, I think yeah. it might could happen. But like I said, we need a we need a GoFundMe page or something if I'm going to do it. Or 
at least I need to find me a nonprofit that's willing to mm -hmm. to work with me so I can raise some money or something. But yeah, I actually great. have a friend. Uh, that would be great. Maybe Foundation Fighting Blindness. I have a mm -hmm. I have a good friend named Scott Mulvaney who has a has a podcast called Live the Fuel, and we've known each other for several years now. He used to be a wilderness firefighter. He has jumped out of more planes than I've ridden in. You know, he's mm -hmm. that's once once that's what he did for a living. And he keeps telling me the next time I'm in Philadelphia, he wants me to go jump with him. So I can't think of anybody else that I would trust more. So if anybody's going to talk me into it, it might be Scott. <laughs> There you go. This is all beside the point because we're talking about what's your excuse and overcoming your excuses. But I think it's important to, to sometimes go, hey, I've done a lot of things that I never thought I was capable mm -hmm. of a lot of times because people challenged or dared me. But the great thing is, is once you start making progress, once you do some things that are out of your comfort zone, like I like my starting a website with HTML or uh, or leaving to travel the country for six weeks with $500 in my pocket or whatever it was, you get to a point where you say, okay, I could do this. There's nothing inherently dangerous in me doing it. It's not really life threatening for me to do it. It's not really business threatening for me to do it. But does it get me to my goal at this moment? And at that point, you have the authority, the power, the right mm -hmm. to say no, you know, uh, and it's, it's one of the hardest lessons to learn no matter what your passion is, whether it's a creative, a nonprofit, a business, a podcast, the hardest thing you will ever have to learn is when to say, no, it's mm. not right for me right this minute. Yep. I struggle with that one all the time. My husband's always like, stop volunteering for things. <laughs> well, if, there, if there's a need and I feel like I can feel it, then I almost feel like I'm like, I've got to do this. And he's like, no, if you don't, yeah. somebody else will too. You don't have to do all the things. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. And sometimes you can fill the need by introducing them to somebody else that could yeah. fill that need just to mm -hmm. help you out there a little. Um, but, but yeah, it's difficult to learn how to say no. But the thing you have to remember is when you say yes to everything, you're doing two things. One, you're emptying your personal energy tank and you only have so much time and energy and passion. So sometimes saying no is basically self-protection. You're mm -hmm. basically defending yourself and giving yourself the ability to keep doing stuff for yourself, your friends, your family, your community. So sometimes saying no is really is really great. And the other thing that's really cool about saying no is a lot of times if you say no to something that maybe isn't right this minute, you have the opportunity and the space to say mm -hmm. yes to something that's even better. Mm -hmm. That's true. I, I kind of flip that around. I always say, when I say yes to something, I'm automatically saying no to something. You know, what am I saying no to when I agree to say? So I kind of think of it backwards, but the same, same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's kind of like one of my favorite expressions. Me and my, me and my dad and my family, we think of this backwards. You know, most people say, um, why not go ahead and do it? Why not try? Why not ask? Cause why not ask? Cause the worst thing that can happen is they can say no. Mm -hmm. But in my family, we have an expression. We say, if you don't ask, they can't say yes. Mm. So my dad kind of turned that around. And, yeah. you know, it was his way of motivating me to continue cold calling and mm -hmm. later cold emailing to try to try to fill our calendar so our carnival would would be able to make enough money to support us so mm -hmm. i get i get tired of calling these fair boards up and and, and mm -hmm. festival organizers organizers and telling them i had eight rides and, and them telling me to call them back when i had 15 or 20 or 30 
And my dad would just go, hey, Max, if you don't ask, they can't say yes now. Now stop complaining and make the next call. <laughs> Try again. Yeah. Try again. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, and that's another one of those things. I learned it in the carnival business, but it really helps out in today's world. Mm -hmm. And I want people to, mm -hmm. I want people to know this. Some of the best things I've gotten were things I asked for or things where I submitted a form to. And I knew in my heart when I sent it off that I wasn't qualified, that they shouldn't say yes. Mm -hmm. but, they, but they did. And I had some amazing, like, for example, my third book is about my travels to New York City as one of the Amtrak writers in residence. When I sent off that submission form, I had just read some of their, the bios of some of their past winners. And when I pressed send, I was humming the music from Sesame Street. The uh, which one of these is not like the other. <laughs> And I can't tell you how surprised I was when I got that call at nine o'clock at night telling me, Mr. Ivy, you have won. Now, where do you want to go? Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah. So this whole thing of if you don't ask, they can't say yes. It applies to prayer, meditation, submission forms, emails, phone calls, mm -hmm. uh, personal conversations. But here's the, here's the cool thing I've learned. More to, the more time you do it, the more times people are going to say yes. And the more comfortable you get asking, the more comfortable you get with yourself and your story and your abilities mm -hmm. to the point that you will, get to, you will get to where people will offer you opportunities or they'll say yes when you knew they should have said no. Mm -hmm. And so again, it's one of those things you have to practice. You have to do it on a regular basis. And I encourage people to do it to me. I love it when people turn my stuff around on me. Like, you know, a couple weeks ago, a friend of mine said, hey, Max, uh, have you ever thought about trying to write a song? And I said, no. And she said, well, what's your excuse? So I've now <laughs> written three verses. I've now written three verses of a song I call If You Don't Ask, and eventually I'm going to uh, put it out into the world. So I love, uh, I love it when people turn my stuff around on me. So, you know, the, if you don't ask, they can't say yes. Um, use the contact form on my website and say, hey, Max, I'm so-and-so. This is what I'm doing or trying to do or have done. And it didn't work out. Whatever your story is, I want to hear it and say, hey, I heard you on uh, on the podcast. I loved what you said. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping you can encourage or inspire me or introduce me to somebody that can help me get further on my path. So it's uh, the email is just ask at the blindblogger.net if they have any trouble finding the contact form. Because I am not one of those people who thinks you have to be ready to book me, hire me, or buy from me to talk to me. That's not mm -hmm. the way I do it. I know mm -hmm. there are a lot of other people who are that way. So I want to make sure people know, hey, I'm approachable. My, mm -hmm. my email address is just ask for a reason. So I, I do want to hear from people. I, I'm hoping there'll be some comments on this that I can reply to and that people will reach out to you or me as a result of this. I mean, hey, don't forget, the host is doing a podcast. You know, she is sharing herself, her experiences, and her lessons with you along the way. So she might be a great person to reach out to and start to become friends with. Mm -hmm. Just a hint. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love all the connections I've made with the podcasting of just it's as an introvert, you know, I don't really like small talk, but I've realized as <laughs> podcasting, like I can just get right into, hey, let's talk about the meat of, you know, what's your life passion and and your story and what things have you overcome. And I actually I love that. Like we just kind of do the introduction and then we can just have a real deep and meaningful conversation. And so I've made a lot of great connections this way. And I, you know, I love it when people reach out and and do that. I love having that that conversation as well. Yeah. And the one thing, one of the most important things I teach my podcast guest students is that the most important part of a podcast interview is not the interview. 
It's the time before you go live, the time you after after you go live. It's the emails you send before and after the podcast. This is an opportunity to spend 30 minutes to an hour or so with somebody you've never met before, but you kind of like them because you're asked to be on their podcast or they ask you to be on their podcast. And so, you know, you get to spend that time with them and you have an, you're, you're beginning a friendship, a connection, and you have the, you have the freedom to offer to help them or to ask them to help you. And a lot of times I've found that when a podcaster is trying to do something new, they will either ask for your help or your advice, or they'll invite you to take part. I mean, a perfect example is I was recently included in a book called Our Defining Moments by Melanie Warner. Uh, it was a collaboration of 40 authors sharing their stories of, 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 of stories of survival was the subtitle. So I was part of an international best-selling book. And that happened because of a conversation after my podcast interview was over. As we start to wrap up our, our conversation, can you go over those three, your three main points again? I know we talked a lot about them individually and stuff, but I feel like repetition is good to, to get it cemented into our heads better. And I agree with you. And I think repetition is also good to help get it into my mind better because, you know, the more you say it, the more comfortable you become with it and the more mm -hmm. focused you can be in the next interview. Because to me, mm -hmm. this is also a learning experience. Mm -hmm. I try to have aha moments as, along with the host or the, yeah. along with their audience. <laughs> right. And usually I do, thank goodness. So, uh, so these are the three main principles or techniques I've used over the years to accomplish my goals and overcome the adversities that I've faced. And there are one, decide to find solutions instead of making excuses. And the important part there is a decision. It takes mm -hmm. a conscious effort. Yeah. Uh, two, find the freedom to ask for help and accept help when offered. The important thing there is a lot of people will want to help you if you sincerely ask and they can see that you're trying. And I have an expression here. I like to say when you refuse to ask, you rob the other person of the joy they would have received from helping you. So yeah, that's good. You have a lot of good things to share. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's a, it's a life well lived or misspent, uh -huh. depending on which way you look at it. Um, but yeah, if you if, if you refuse to ask, you rob the other person of the joy they would have received from helping you. So uh, being free to ask for help and accept help when offered is the second one. And the third one is being determined to find the positive in your life every day, even if you have to make a list even if you have to say, I know it's here and you have to say, I know it's here somewhere. I'm going to find it. And the great thing about finding or looking for positive things is the more you think about them, the more you remember them and, and celebrate them, the more of them you will find and the more of them you will create. So again, be determined to find the positive in every day. So decide to find solutions, ask for help, determine to find the positive. Those are my three key things that have helped me to get to this point. And I hope that they will unlock that door that's been holding you back and, and let you take a few steps on that uh, path of yours. And I look forward to hearing some of y'all's experiences because one of the things that keeps me going and, and helps me to continue doing the work is I feel an obligation to continue showing up for those people that have put their faith mm -hmm. in me who have followed me and encouraged me and look forward to the next thing that I'll do that they can 
uh, see as entertainment, education, or inspiration, improve their lives just a little bit. So mm -hmm. I, I, I know that I have an obligation to continue being an inspiration, example, whatever you want to call me. I just have one condition, and it's very simple. If you're going to call me an inspiration, if you're going to say, if Max can do it, then what's my excuse? Then I want to know what I inspired you to do. What excuse did I help you overcome? Because to me, inspiration without action is meaningless. Yep. Yes, that's very true. I love that. So I, I uh, really admire the work that you've done, the things that you've overcome, and your, your eagerness to share that with other, you know, I can just hear it in your voice, how you really just desire to help other people to overcome their stuff and get their excuses out of the way so they can go do that thing that they were made to do. If people are interested in connecting with you, let's remind them again where they can find you. Right. They can go to theblindblogger.net. That's theblindblogger.net. On Twitter, I'm at Maxwell Ivy. Facebook, Maxwell Ivy. I also have a What's Your Excuse group on Facebook. Maxwell Ivy on LinkedIn. The only place I'm the blind blogger officially is on Instagram. And, but the What's Your Excuse show, you can find it on theblindblogger.net. You can also tell Alexa or Google to play What's Your Excuse, and they will give you the latest episode of my podcast over there. I'm uh, very happy that I've finally been added to iHeart, uh, another mm -hmm. place where people can get my podcast, The What's Your Excuse show. And hopefully there will be a What's Your Excuse podcast network coming very soon where I will be helping to promote other uh, podcast hosts who have a disability and help some uh, aspiring podcasters that have disabilities launch their own podcast. So I'm looking forward to that, the What's Your Excuse Network. I don't have a website for it yet, but when mm -hmm. I do, it'll be on the blindblogger.net. And you know, you told me to mention some project that I'm working on. And of course, mm -hmm. it's hard for me because I got so much stuff going on <laughs> at different times during my day, y'all, okay, at different days of the week. But I would say the most important thing that I'm doing that people that are watching this can take part in is I offer an eight-week course where I uh, train people to be great podcast guests. And I also offer a service where I book people on podcasts and then I promote their interviews on social media and to my email list. And I also give them regular feedback on their interviews as far as how they're doing, areas where they can improve themselves. So those are the two things I'm doing. Uh, the course is called Eight Weeks to Be a Podcast Guest Rockstar, and it's at theblindblogger.net slash eight weeks, the number eight. So theblindblogger.net slash eight weeks for my podcast guest training course. And um, basically, if you just go over to theblindblogger.net and subscribe to the email list, you'll always know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah, thank you for sharing all that with us. I'm sure that there will be listeners who will be eager to reach out to you and to hear more from you because... You have so much wisdom. It's hard to pack it all into just 30 minutes. So we might have to do a part two. No, I'm no, sorry. that's great. It's great. Don't uh, be sorry. I just, I, I just sometimes feel a little, a, a little embarrassed about, you know, what all I have to share. Sometimes I just think, you know, Max, you can't have this much in you because if you did, you'd be unlivable. I mean, <laughs> but hearing you hearing you say it, you know, is, is a great reminder. You know, this is this is a perfect example of what I was talking about earlier in the show. When you meet people who uh, who have wisdom, who have experience like you do, and they tell you things about yourself, you do two things. You can fight with them or you can say, yes, 
and thank you and then mm-hmm. try to absorb it. So thank you for mm-hmm. for helping me see some of these things that maybe I just don't realize mm-hmm. uh, that I'm doing or that I have to offer to people. So thank you so much for that. I think most people, most of us in general, don't realize how amazing we are, you know? <laughs> There's just, I, I know I'm my own worst critic and I think things that, like the most amazing things about other people are often the things that come e- so easy to them that they don't even realize they're doing it necessarily. Yeah. Uh, I had, here's just a, a silly example, but you know, in college I struggled in physics and my roommate was an ace at physics. And I'm like, Hey, help me with it. How do you do this problem? She goes, I don't know. I just did it. You know, <laughs> it just, it just came naturally to her. She's like, it's just, you know, like breathing. You just work the physics problem. I'm like, well, that doesn't help me because I'm struggling. And what you do to me looks like magic of how you figure out this physics problem. So, yeah. um, and that's, and that's an interesting thing to bring up because um, with people that have disabilities, um, generally people either see us as someone to be pitied or as superheroes. And me, because I show up and just do the next thing in front of me, people, you know, they they think I'm amazing and awesome, and most of the time I agree with them. But there are not there are days when I'm like, <laughs> I have I are days where I'm like, you know, these people are my friends. They know me. Maybe they're not telling me the truth, but yeah, most of the time I am the guy. Most of the time I am the guy on my logo, which I don't know if, if y'all have seen my logo, but basically it's um, it's me at wearing a cape in front of some buildings in New York City, and across the chest it says the blind blogger, and along the bottom it says what's your excuse? So. Yeah. And that's, that was uh, created by my graphic artist, uh, Sandra Henry. And basically, I didn't tell her anything about what I wanted. I just told her uh, who I was and some of the stuff I did. And she went to the internet. She went to my blog. She started asking people about me. She said, Max, this is who you are. This is how the world sees you. And I'm like, mm. wow. And I appreciate it. And, and just one last thing. I know we're over time, but... Um, I've been doing interviews since 2013 because I really didn't have a way to meet people any other way. I didn't have a good transportation options and there's no mass transit in Houston, or at least not in my part of Houston. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started doing interviews and basically without podcasts and radio shows, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to share my story and promote my stuff. So really without people like you, there wouldn't be a the blind blogger. There wouldn't be a Mr. What's your excuse. There wouldn't be a podcast. None of this stuff would have happened without people like you who have invested their time, their money, money, their energy, their passion to give me a platform. So I just want you to know how much I appreciate you and your part in my continuing journey. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I appreciate your courage to step up on the platform and share what you have (laughs) with the world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you fall off it, it's a long way down. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us today. This has just really been a blessing to me. And uh, I've learned so much listening to you, some things I'm going to take away. And I appreciate you spending your time with us today. Oh, I enjoy doing it. I tell people all the time, the most fun most energizing, most productive thing I do to, to build my brand and my platform is podcast interviews because I get to have great conversations with interesting people who get me or who can at least understand me. I have an opportunity to make a new friend. And when the half hour, hour, whatever is over with, the rest of my day is like, okay, what is it? Bring it on. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have this energy that you can't get from anything else besides mm-hmm. personal interaction, uh, mm-hmm. talking about subjects you have in common. So, you know, this is one of the reasons why I keep doing them, why I try to tell other people to do them, because 
yeah, you can, you can get some promotional benefit, but the emotional benefit, Mm, you know, because when I strap my headphones on, I'm like, okay, no matter what happens the rest of the day, it's going to be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, yeah. So thank you again. And I really do appreciate Mm -hmm. being on the show. Yes. Thank you. It was a pleasure having you. You have been listening to Resilient Life Hacks with Liz Myers. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by the guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Elizabeth or Resilient Life Hacks Ministries. To learn more and download your free guide to Liz's top 20 Resilient Life Hacks, go to resilientlifehacks.com. Subscribe now so you never miss the life hacks you need to live the life you want. Thank you.